When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you every morning, weekday at 10am. How are you doing, Bailey? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, CC, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not too shabby indeed. Uh, we've got plenty to discuss, of course, as Arsenal are just one day away now uh, from that third game of the Premier League season. Another opportunity to pick up three points and maintain that perfect record. How are we feeling ahead of it, Bailey? Oh, I'm excited. Honestly, it's... The week just feels so long, you know. Oh my god, you're counting down the days and it's just, just get us to the game. And it's, it's a good thing, as I said, it's better to be excited and nervous. We now I feel like we'll beat Bournemouth. I just want to see the boys play together in the pink kit, of course, once again, just like we did mm. against Palace. And hopefully, come with three points and then extend our lead at the top of the table for another week because it is a wonderful feeling. Yeah, it is a wonderful feeling. Um, and, you know, there's some interesting games going on, of course, this weekend with Liverpool playing against Manchester United. That fixture in particular is going to reveal a lot about, I think, both teams. You know, if Man United come out with anything from that game, you know, that could be a turning point for their season. If Liverpool drop points, uh, then their season is looking incredibly difficult after dropping points in both of their first two games. Uh, and, of course, if, if Liverpool end up winning, then Man United have lost their first three games. I think whatever the result, there is something yeah. positive, you know, for Arsenal to look to. So that's a, a win-win situation. Spurs, of course, are at home to Wolves. And with Wolves' new £50 million man, uh, Mateus Nunez, perhaps they can pick up a result and do Arsenal a favour. Uh, we've got Chelsea up against Leeds away from home. That's going to be an interesting fixture, of course, Leeds have had a, a bit of a strange start to the season. They've made a lot of signings, but they've won one and drawn one. They're unbeaten so far. That's not going to be an easy game for Chelsea. So looking forward to seeing what happens there. Uh, Man City, of course, our title rivals are away to Newcastle. What are you laughing? What, what are you laughing for? <laughs> or, of course, away to uh, Newcastle United, which will be their first kind of main test of the season. They did draw 0-0, I think, against Brighton, uh, Newcastle last time. So an interesting game there as well. So, Bailey, how do you think the weekend's going to shape up now you know all the fixtures? Yeah, thanks for listening, TC. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting one, as you said. It's gonna be quite insightful. I think we're gonna learn a lot about a few teams, especially Liverpool and Manchester United. Mainly Liverpool, because I think Manchester United can go there. We know how they're going to play. I don't think that will they could get a draw. They just can't see them getting a win. Surely not. But mm. if they did, then Liverpool major major questions do have to be asked because, of course, they've changed their team a little bit. Lost Sergio Mane, brought in Darwin Nunez. Maybe that hasn't worked, bringing in a big number nine striker. Of course, he won't be playing, but again, they'll be missing his presence still because they have sold already a top forward. So it will be interesting to see. Of course, Leeds, Chelsea will not be an easy game for Chelsea. I know Chelsea wiped the floor of them last season, but this season mm. will not will be different under Jesse Marsh. I think their teams will be different. So it'll be interesting to see how they do, but it's still very early in the season. What annoys me is that I feel like this year we're going to have two different seasons. We're going to have one before November and then another season after November. It's going to be completely different. Really? Teams could come back and be the complete different team than they were. And when we're looking really, really good for this season, it does disappoint me. But I suppose it is what it is. 
Indeed. Uh, I should ask, have you caught up on All or Nothing now? Are you watching it today? I have. I am up How did you find I the last two episodes? Depressing. <laughs> Depressing. It was mm. hard. It was hard to watch because it's just the, the lead up to it. We're doing so well. And then just the, the collapse, man, was just difficult to watch. Staggering, I, staggering. I don't know how, when you really put it into perspective, how we lost that. It was in our hands. We really did lose it. The, the three games in a row to Southampton, Brighton and... Palace and then Newcastle and Spurs just really hampered it and we didn't and the end we didn't deserve it simply due to our poor results and injuries did play a part I reckon if we did have to if Kiratina of course didn't walk out of the shower and awkwardly turn maybe yeah innocuous isn't it yeah yeah maybe top four might have been settled but I suppose it is what it is again I'll say this look we didn't make it top four this year I go back to Manchester City in 2009-10 when they played Tottenham they lost that one game and they, because of that, they fell to the Europa League next year. They almost mounted the title challenge in the year after that. They won the league. Sometimes hurt makes you stronger. Maybe that was a good thing for us because now the young players have experienced hurt. They've experienced pain. And now this year, look at them now. At the moment, we're firing mm. all cylinders and hope that's maybe put some fire in their belly to, to make sure that does not happen again. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's going to be intriguing how we respond. We've already seen a good response at the start of this season, of course. But yeah, the, the Tierney one, strange. We thought that was an issue when he was away with Scotland, but clearly that was not true. And this is a, an innocuous issue uh, when he was stepping out of the shower. I mean, how you can be that unlucky, how Arsenal can be on that unlucky is, is kind of mad. So yeah, very intriguing indeed. Um, obviously with uh, the game this weekend, we go away to Bournemouth, which has been a side that, you know, we've had some difficult games at the Vitality. We've won a fair few games as well against Bournemouth. We had a very good record at home against Bournemouth, but our away record has seen, you know, we've, I think we've lost there. We've had a draw there. How do you feel going into it? It's weird. Anytime you come up against Bournemouth TC, it's like we're in the worst of forms or we're in a, a stage mm. of transition. I remember the 17-18 season under Arsene Wenger, we lost. We were losing Alexis Sanchez and uh, we had to change the team around, of course. 19-20, Arteta's mm. first game as, as Arsenal oh, manager. Man. Yeah, it's his first game as Arsenal manager. So it always like we always go there in an unsettled nature. But this time around, it's going to be completely different. And I really do believe we are going to show up and perform. We've had a week to prepare for the game. We're feeling good. We're buzzing. And Bournemouth are newly promoted, of course. They'll, the fans will be up for it. But I think Arsenal have too much quality for them in the end. Yeah, I'm just looking at that game back in uh, 2018. Callum Wilson, Jordan Ibe with the goals uh, yeah. after we went one night through Hector Bellerin scoring. Yeah. I'm looking at the team that day. Petacek, Bellerin holding Mustafi Chambers. Chambers played what looks like a, a left, potentially like a, a left centre-back. I think we had a back nice. three. Uh, yes. Maitland-Niles was playing yes. left wing back. Uh, Wilshere Xhaka in the middle where Wobi, Lacazette and Welbeck. It won't be Lacazette and Welbeck as a front Oh, three. I remember that. I remember Unreal. that. Unreal. Like, that's the <laughs> level of difference that Arsenal have now, you know, in their team. Um, yeah, crazy. I mean, Ramsey and Walcott came off the bench for a Wobi and Chambers. But yeah, I'm real considering the fact that, you know, where we look at the team now, how different it is. And we could go into a game tomorrow with a team that is, you know, right now looking like a side that's trying to finish as high as fees be possible up the table. That Bournemouth team, I mean, the Bournemouth team on that day in 2018 was Begovic. Uh, is he still? I don't think he's still there, is he? Um, he was at... Um, 
He wasn't at Stoke before. He was went to he went from Stoke to he was at Everton. To Chelsea to Bournemouth. I think I don't know where he's at now. I don't think he's at Bournemouth anymore, is he? I think he's, he's at Everton still. He's at uh, as a back backup keeper to Jordan okay. Pickford, apparently. So there you go. So yeah, Begovic, Nathan Ake, Stephen Cook, Adam Smith, Charlie Daniel, Simon Francis, Dan Gosling, <laughs> Lewis Cook, Ryan Fraser, Jordan Ive, Callum Wilson. You know, uh, Benikafobic came on uh, on the bench as yeah. well that day too. It's a very different Bournemouth side now. There are some stalwarts that have remained, of course, but uh, yeah, there. I think this Arsenal team, the difference in the quality of the two sides is is significant. Um, yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Sean in the chat box says, "Hi guys, question: What's the fantasy league code? We don't have a fantasy league, do we? I mean, I feel like that's something we need to set up actually. Yeah, a fantasy I don't know league. why we don't, but yeah." Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's go to Mohammed. He says, Hi, Tom. My mind is always telling me that Arsenal will not sign Yuri Tillemans. Only the fans' view, but not on the board. My thinking now is that we missed out on top four because of a lack of players in January. What do you think about that? Uh, the lack of players in January, mm. part. Uh, yes, I think in terms of not bringing in a striker to replace Aubameyang, there was a period where Enketia wasn't playing. Like I said, wasn't scoring. And maybe if we had the striker in that, in that position, it might have helped us, but I still believe the boys just weren't ready. I don't think they were ready for the challenge despite if we signed one or two players. I just don't know if we had that extra edge to get over the line ahead of Tottenham because we just didn't have the experience. I think now this season, we will learn, we've learned from that and now we do have that. I think last season, despite what have happened, I think we couldn't really change that. I think they needed yeah. to, to learn. I think it was difficult. It was a young, inexperienced team. So I don't think that would have changed too much, unfortunately. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, let's uh, let's I mean talk about transfers. I don't think there's. I, th I think there is quite a high chance that potentially no one else comes in this window. The club seem to say that they're active and they're doing stuff. But are you concerned that we're not going to sign anyone? Is it is it a concern that we might not sign anyone? Is it uh, say calling it a concern is a it's a tough one. It's a difficult one because I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but at the same time I am cautious because. I feel like when you're at a really good position and you have a chance to strengthen your team and put, make them the best you can be, you'll do that. I don't think you should settle on what you have. But again, at the same time, players out at the moment, there's not really targets for Edu who clearly or players that clearly improve us as a squad. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one. I think if an opportunity does arise where a player becomes available, Arsenal should be looking to pounce it. But again, we shouldn't be like Manchester United or Chelsea where you're just throwing money hopelessly at players just to hope to get more players in because you're worried we haven't signed anyone for, for quite a while. I don't think that's the case. But mm. I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but I'm cautious. Yeah. If we don't sign anyone, obviously I think there would be a lot of disappointment that we didn't go out and sign a midfielder or a wide player. They're the two areas that I think obviously we need to strengthen. The reality is, is that Arsenal have now still a very good squad. Um, and Fabio Vieira coming into the team as well, I think, covers a number of positions in the forward line. It's the midfield area, I think, obviously, there's questions. Uh, I think that if Thomas Partey was to get injured, if Xhaka was to get injured, you know, I think then there's there's questions about what we do. We've got El Nenny, we've got Lokonga, but if Partey or Xhaka are out for an extended period, which can happen to teams... Yeah. Do we have enough, do you think? No. No, I said this. Um, El Nelly and the Congo are solid backups, but there's a bridge, there's a huge gap between El Nelly and the Congo and Thomas mm. Party and Granite Shaka. We need to close that. And I think another player coming in just to bridge that gap would be important and would be a good signing. I think that Arsenal do need to explore. If we are going to sign a player, it would be in the midfield positions. I'd hope Samuel Congo now has had a year of English football under his belt where he's able to maybe increase his level a little bit. But El Nelly, of course, he's... 
turning 30 or he is 30, so he'll be, he'll maintain that level. We do need to bridge that gap because once Shaq or Party comes out, you've seen last season, suddenly our team looks much, much more weak and we can't afford for that to happen because Party and Shaq are miss out regularly they don't they hardly ever fill out a whole season mm. so so that's why i would say if we do have to sign a player it would be a midfielder but again which player will be able to fill that gap is it yuri tillemans is it him i'm not too sure but again we have to see yeah we will um yeah i mean obviously with the squad that we have we've got a lot of depth specifically depth in the fullback areas is interesting when do you think tommy asu and tierney actually come back into the fold it's a good question because I was speaking to Uma about this uh, in the post-match reaction and it's not a when, is it? At the moment, it was like a more of an if they come back mm. into the fall. If we keep winning, they can't put them back in. Maybe right back for with Ben White um, and Tommy yeah. he's supposed to be switching. Or if in, in maybe in a big game where you play against the Liverpool, Manchester City, you play Tierney instead of Sinchenko because I think I saw a stat where 44% of the opposition team so far, their attacks have gone down to Sinchenko's side over the top of his head. So Yeah, makes sense. So, so they're targeting that area. Maybe that's the position where we play Tierney uh, for, for the bigger games or teams you play against tough wingers on the right-hand side. It might be easier to play Tierney. You can come in that way. But the more we win, you can't really drop uh, uh, Sinchenko or Ben White. No, you can't. Um, not right now. Whilst we're winning, I think you have to keep it the same in the league. Yeah. Uh I think the the biggest option is Tommy Asu for White. I think that makes the most sense. I don't think you would necessarily lose out on anything by bringing Tommy Asu in, and he's more of a natural right back than Ben White is. But for now, as you say, I think keeping things the same makes sense. If if Tommy Asu was to come back in, how do you think the dynamic between White and Saliba plays out across the season? It's difficult. That that's the question. I think that's the biggest question that remains with the Arsenal mm. squad. I think it's the most uncertain question, and I think that will prove how much Arteta really does trust. Saliba if he is going to keep him in whilst White comes out and competes for the centre-back position because I think Arteta is a major fan of Ben White he used him a lot last season I think he lacks his durability as well so it would mm. be interesting to see I think those two will definitely be competing for the right centre-back position will Ben White come straight back in I don't think he should I think Saliba and Gabriel are a more solid partnership but again Ben White hasn't done nothing wrong at the moment to, to lose his spot. But once he does and, and wants to go back to centre-back, it's going to be interesting, that dynamic. But again, it is good to have rotational and competitional competition options. So we see with Liverpool with Matip and Canate, how they're competing to play alongside uh, Van Dijk. It just keeps your level high and it's, it's a blessing in disguise. We shouldn't really complain. Sorry. Mm, no, it's all good. Um, I, I think... I think that hopefully at some stage um, we'll see a kind of a routine where the Europa League team, the cup teams, is going to take a kind of a look and a feel to both of those. And fingers crossed that when we do make changes that they transition fairly simply. You know, across pre-season, there was an obvious gap between the players that were playing, say, in the first half and the second half, and that needs to change. Of course, I don't think we'd see as drastic as a whole 11 changed. I think there would be maintained some players into the team, but we're going to have times where there's two Premier League games in one week where we're going to have to make some rotation. And it's about how you manage those games and how you do change things. The five subs is obviously going to be a big benefit to the club, but it's about how you manage game to game and how obviously you you put players in at certain stages. Um, let's go to Nadim, who says, why not give Pepe a chance until the summer? If you don't perform, then sell him next summer. I, for me, you know, Pepe just kind of needs to be moved on at this stage. That's where I'm at with him. Yeah, we've given him too many chances now. We've, we've given him this is going to be his 19, 20, 21. It's going to be his fourth chance we've given mm. him now to, to impress an Arsenal show. How many chances do you need to give a player? I think it's done now. I think a loan move and then he comes back to the club and hopefully you can sell him because his value has rise there. I think that's the best option for, for Nicolas Pepe. 
Indeed. Uh, Ken says, will Gakpo come to the Arsenal? I don't think so. It seems like Man United are the team that are in for him the most right now. Arsenal's wide efforts seem to be focused, if they are, on the right-hand side. We know Diaby and Jeremy uh, Pino have been the ones that have been linked most heavily. And that makes sense because we've got Martin Elliott and Smith-Rowe on the left. We've just got Saka and, of course, Pepe, who will likely move on with this interest from Nice coming through at the moment. Um, Suleiman says Pepe doesn't seem to know how much he was bought for. Uh, I think that's kind of one of the problems that he's faced is he does know uh, how much exactly he's been bought for. Uh, VW says last minute transfers. I think the club's still focusing on outgoings until the last week of the window and expecting two more. If I was to ask you how many you think we're going to bring in, how many do you think we're going to bring in? Zero. Zero. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards zero. I did say one. I said one yeah. from before August started, but you know, I, I it seems at this stage that it would be zero. But you know, the club are working behind the scenes, and we know they are keeping things a lot behind the curtain. So who knows? Maybe something would be pulled out of the bag. There was things that happened at the end of last year's window that came out of nowhere. Ramsdale came out of nowhere. Erdegaard's kind of switch to Arsenal came out of nowhere, and of course, Tommy Asu on deadline day came out of absolutely nowhere. So. We'll have to wait and see what changes and what happens, but you can be sure that we'll keep to up to date. We're going to be doing a uh, a really long shift, of course, on deadline day. Uh, I know I'm on through till midnight, so I'm sure we'll be able to do a few streams uh, at some point. Yeah, you on till midnight as well. So, yeah, I think Chris may be on in the morning, so there'll be a morning show with Chris, I assume, on deadline day. Um, but, uh, yeah, myself and Bailey will try and bring you some coverage towards the end of the transfer window. You can find all of our written work, of course, over at football.london uh, and we'll be bringing you more updates and match reaction, of course, to the game tomorrow against Bournemouth. I'll be joined by... Are you on tomorrow for the game? No, I'm off for the game, actually. Enjoy that. So, yeah, myself and potentially Umar will be doing the match reaction show. So make sure you join us tomorrow on the final whistle here and we'll be bringing you plenty of that. Do drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new as well. Bailey, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, TC, and everyone in the comments section as well. Indeed. We will see you uh, next week on Monday for the next Agenda show, but of course tomorrow for the match reaction. Make sure you stay tuned as well for any other content that comes out. And Mikel Arteta's press conference, of course, too, you'll be able to watch on the channel this afternoon. See you later. Have a good one. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.